And we are live. What's up, filmmakers? Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the For Film's Sake podcast. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Glad, glad to be back. It is seventh episode. I feel like it's gonna, we're going to be all the way to like 40 episodes, and I'm going to be like, dude, it's a fucking 40th episode. Every episode we're going to do this. Can you believe we're at nine episodes now? Like, you know, we're going to two episodes now, yeah. It's going to be like 200, and we're going to be like, can you fucking believe this shit? Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. We're back again. Uh, quick note about last week's episode. I fucked up the mixing a little bit. Uh, I, I, I mixed it when I was really tired. I fucked up the mixing, and there's like some stuff was wrong with it, so I'm going to re-upload it. And you'll get to see that. They'll come up at the same time. Mm. Uh, so episode six and episode seven are going to be up at the same time mm. next week. That's just because I fucked up an upload and I'm going to re-upload it. So you should definitely go back and listen to the Oscars uh, from last week because that's really, really good. I've already heard this week's podcast. So we haven't even done yet. So you Damn should fucking right. And it's good. <laughs> so you should listen to that one too. Same time, back to back. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about, ca- about action movies. But yes. before that... What what's up <laughs> with the week? Um, what happened this week? Oh, um, not this. This is kind of weird, but it's just like kind of a personal thing that I'm trying to like trying to flesh out a little bit. Yeah. All right. It's it's just um it's it's a real it's a real thing. It, it started with on the airplane. I was on the airplane coming back from uh from Orlando, mm-hmm. and I made um me me and my mom we weren't we were never really close you know growing up, and I always held on to like some issues and never really forgave, and then. In the hotel room, we had to share a hotel room, and for for three four days, so we kind of hashed things out, and then the forgiveness was genuinely there. That's you know, awesome, there. dude. Yeah, you know. But then after that was let go, I, when I was on, when I was on the airplane, and um, I'm sitting beside this uh, like six year old white guy, you know, and um, I'm sitting there, and then I'm just feeling like an emotion of happiness, like a relief, like a burden is just completely gone, and I wanted to cry, but I was like, I'm standing, sitting beside this this guy, I'm not gonna cry in front of him. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm gonna cry. And it's like, like not boo-hooing, like, oh, yo. <laughs> no, but it's just like, I was sitting there, and I let tears come from my face. I wasn't trying to hide them every time one went yeah. down my face. Like, I mean, I just sat there and let the tears fall, and it felt great. And, and then with him, it's like he noticed it, because I wasn't, like, whenever the flight attendant came around giving drinks and peanuts or whatever, yeah. and he would turn to me, ask me, I'm like, no, I'm good, you know? So, I mean, he noticed it, and then from that, he opened up a little more with me, you know, because it's human. And what I'm what I'm trying to do more is just let my flaws be seen even more because flaws are relatable. Flaws are human. Yeah. You know, it is it is who it is. Now, what what happened last night? There was a girl whose uh, whose car wouldn't start. You know. Oh, so, that's right. I remember. I sent you sent me that text. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was up at the school until around midnight. You know, almost. Damn. And at the we, art institute. At the art institute. Jesus. Yeah. Just sitting in the parking lot. So uh, while, while we're sitting there waiting, we're just in the parking lot alone in the dark, and I'm telling her, you know, just stuff about my life. And then she opens up, and she tells me something that she says she's never told anyone before, you know, about her history. And it's just, these are the kind of connections that I've been wanting my entire life, you know, just to not have that. Like, I hate small talk. I hate chit-chat. I hate bullshit talk that means nothing. Yeah, you yeah. want something you want to connect with a person yeah. for, like, the person that they are. Yeah. And, and pe- like, the only real way to do that is by talking about the shit that you normally wouldn't talk about, because yeah. it's like... Well, I, you know, I hated my mom for 15 years and now we're cool kind of thing. Yeah. And people are like, I don't want to know that maybe. No, but I mean, everyone, everyone goes through things. Like with her, she was uh, dealing with um, abuse. Okay. You know, she had, she had been abused. And then another person I spoke with just today, you know, dealt with things, similar things around that, that issue. But 
it's, it's just with me being able to open up and show my flaws and be vulnerable around other people, then that allows them to let their guard down some too. Yeah. And that's just not the way that I've presented myself up until recently. You know, it's like I'm, I consider myself somewhat vulnerable, but not directly face to face. Yeah, you, you know, don't, like you don't normally express that. Yeah. You're a pretty tough show kind of a guy. Yeah. Like I, I noticed that immediately after I met you. I think yeah. that's why we became friends. Because mm-hmm. we, we were both loners as kids, so yeah. we had to sort of develop this thick shell. Yeah. So that the world wouldn't kick our asses every exactly. time that it had. Yeah. And then now it's like a 20 year old and a 30 year old. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, maybe the world should kick our asses every yeah. once in a while. Yep. Maybe we should totally not take it in stride, but let it hit us a little and then stand up and then walk away. Yes. And you become a much better person the more often that you can learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, since we're opening up, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, back when I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. I was really depressed because I was in an, at a university that I didn't want to be at. I, yep. was, I just felt stuck and I was doing work that I didn't want to do and it was so shitty. And I got legitimately depressed yeah. for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And during that year and a half, I drank a lot, <laughs> like there. way too much, yeah. like mom is scared kind yeah. of level. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I think that every week there was at least maybe two nights that I was entirely sober. Oh, wow. And I hated those two nights. They yeah. were awful. Yeah. And it was one of those things in life when you're just kind of like, oh, maybe I should sort of shake myself before I wreck myself. Mm-hmm. And but I kept doing it, but I couldn't just get through it. It was all so shitty. I didn't want to be awake. Couldn't get out of the cycle. Yeah, and then one day I had a 1.5 liter bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. It's like the massive ones yeah. of like pink Zinfandel, and then a six pack of Guinness. Wow. And I threw out. I cried in the shower for like two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then I hugged the toilet for an hour more, and I mm-hmm. just threw up the black plague. Yeah. And at that moment, that's when I sort of went like, I think I'm good. Yeah. I think I, I think I found something that. This is rock bottom for That's me. I think bottom, I'm yeah. good for now. Yeah. And because I did that, and then I haven't kept that to myself, I've told that story to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I sort of embraced it for the story that it is. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I threw up, I cried in the shower for two hours, and mm-hmm. then I came over in my room in my underwear, and mm-hmm. I looked at the empty wine bottle collection that I had. Yeah. And I just, I'm just sitting there like Walter White in his underwear about to kick meth. Yeah. I'm like angry. I'm like yeah. fucking furious. Legit. And I take every single bottle and I just fucking crash it in the ground and I throw it in the garbage bag and throw it away. Yeah. And because I tell that story and that story now makes me laugh, mm. I feel like every time I can have a drink now because I've managed to be there yeah. and I don't feel guilty about it. Yep. And so that was my bed. Like depression's has always been my bed. Yeah, I mean, and and, and it makes it makes you more re- like me. And you talked about that early on. Yeah. You know, how we not had those kind of conversations. I don't know if we would be making this podcast now. I don't think so either. You know, because yeah. I mean, it's just that you were, we were both able to be vulnerable and let each other know about our past. You know, and yeah. then now we're building from that. So I mean, it's it's very humanizing. It know? really is, and we're generally new friends. I don't think we've known each other for more than three not- months. Three, five months or so. Three, five months, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so, like, we still get a chance to have those conversations, and they're mm-hmm. genuinely good conversations to have because yeah. they, like, they humanize you and they humanize me. Yeah. And they humble you. They let oh, you yeah. punk them. Like, yeah. they let you know that the person in front of you is, in fact, a person. And yes. they're going to cry. Mm-hmm. And they're going to masturbate while they're crying. Yeah. And they're going to cry again, and it's going to be awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, people are people. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's uh, if, if we're going to bring it back around to film. Mm-hmm. That's what makes characters characters. Exactly. Make really good characters really good. Yeah. Just <laughs> having depth, you know, yeah. being more than one thing. Because that's what we are. We're more than one thing. Exactly. You know, I'm not just the asshole guy, even though that I am. I'm not just an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you know, I'm the guy that crawls on the plane in front of strangers now. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I mean, it's I'm just trying to grow and, 
you know, just experience life in a different way. So yeah, I, I think that that people like you and I, we we're, we're going to go through stages, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm going through my my second big stage, which is like I'm angry at everything, mm -hmm. and I feel like you've just gotten out of that a got, little bit. Got it out, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I predict that in like ten years, I'll be in exactly the same position that you're in right now. Maybe a little further, you know. Maybe I, I got I got hung up on the the alcohol and drugs for a while. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I in, in the in the words of Mark Marin, who I love, yeah. I don't have a lot of respect for people that don't have the guts to lose complete control of their life for mm -hmm. a couple of years. Yeah, so <laughs> you're all the more stronger for dealing with that shit. I believe that to be true. Yeah, yeah. and uh, depression's still gonna kick my ass, but every time it kicks my ass, I let it and kick my ass. And that's something that a lot a mass group of the population deals with depression, oh, yeah. anxiety. I mean, that's that's a very uh, prevalent thing. It's real. Yeah, especially people like us who, like, we were bullied as kids mm -hmm. and we didn't get the same sort of encouraging uh, that push yeah. push that most people get. Yeah. We sort of had to figure shit out on our own. Yep. And that opens up a whole new fucking possibility of issues. Because right now, sometimes I can't even walk the street without thinking that I look stupid or yeah. that someone's going to, like, come and punch me in the face because they didn't like me. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's always, th and, and even me, like right now, is what's odd is I'm a tall black guy, but, <laughs> but that's just what the appearance is of it, yeah. you know, because I mean, I don't go to sleep thinking that, you know, and I don't wake up in the morning thinking that either, you know, but I have to be cognizant and aware of it, you know, just in situations walking down the street alone and the same situation as you, but if I walk past a older white woman or something like that then i have to be aware to put a smile on my face yeah so you, know? you don't look threatening exactly because in her eyes you are going to be threatening exactly you know so i mean that's just something i have to be cognizant of all the time it's like even though i don't see myself as the you know intimidating black guy looking you know i don't see myself as that yeah. but i have to be aware that that's how i look to other people and then to kind of counter and, and it's a weird sort of the, the like this connection mm -hmm. between like what your perception of yourself is and what others' All perception of yours is. Yeah. Because my perception of myself is I'm just like an angry brown man mm. that is alone a lot of the time. Mm. But people's perception of me is entirely different. They yeah. think I'm like a cool, generally funny, which I don't, which whatever, generally <laughs> funny okay. guy. All right. And it's weird to deal with sort of like the version of you that you think you are and the version of you that you actually are. Yeah. And like where depression and anxiety and, like, your mental illness, your mm. fucking psychos psychosis as a kid. Yeah. Like, maybe you ate one donut and someone hit you in the face with a donut and now you're afraid of donuts for Forever. your whole fucking life. Yeah. And you don't know how to deal with that because no one ever, no one's ever afraid of donuts. Yeah. That's your own fucking shit. Yep. So you got to learn how to, like, fucking met metabola met metabolize Metabolize, that? yeah. There we go. Uh, that, uh, I don't What? Donuts? I love donuts. I don't know why I fucking went off on donuts. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> donuts are awesome, Yeah. <laughs> Do, but uh, do, you get my point. Do, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Now, um, um, did you see anything? Did you watch anything this I week? I did. I did. I watched the two movies for today, mm -hmm. uh, Crank and John Wick. Mm -hmm. And I forgot how good fucking Crank was. Mm -hmm. And then I realized how amazing John Wick is. Okay. Holy shit, I love that movie. Yep. Uh, I watched those. I watched them Better Call Saul again. I'm out, I think I'm near this, the end of the first season now. I, I want to give, like, props to Better Call Saul and tell everyone to go see it. But the thing is, I have never seen it myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, know? that's what I thought. Like, when I when Better Call Saul first came out, I was like, oh, it's just going to be a spinoff of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be anything, like, new and amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I, I just sort of wrote it off for, mm -hmm. like, two years. Yeah. Because it's out in the second season now. The third yep. one's about to come out. Yep. 
So I just sort of wrote it off, and then I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And it was fucking good. My it was really good. Loves it. I like it more than Breaking Bad. I've been, I've heard that yeah. more than once. And it's not because Breaking Bad was a bad show at all. Breaking Bad was pretty good. But mm-hmm. the pacing of Breaking Bad and the transformation of Walter White mm-hmm. to Heisenberg mm-hmm. is like very drastic in yeah. Breaking Bad. And it happens in five seasons. Mm-hmm. It's a very short time. Yeah. But uh, for Jimmy McGill or Saul, mm-hmm. uh, their transformation is a lot more subtle yeah. and quiet. Because yeah. he's already sort of legally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And so that transformation makes him out to be very subtle. And you see the thing snap in his head instead of like seeing how he ruins everyone's lives. You mm-hmm. see him sort of ruining himself. And it gives it a more tragic air. And it's really well placed and really well written. It's, the thing is like you couldn't have Better Call Saul without Breaking Bad. But yeah, I can see how Breaking Bad, I mean, uh, Better Call Saul is standing alone. Yeah. You know, just because with, with Saul, you already know who he is at the end. Yeah. You know, so it's just you can start him off as far to the left as you want because you know inevitably what he what he turns yeah, out Yeah, you know be. your end goal. Yeah. And as a writer, you can work that end oh, goal yeah. in your script and really well. Yeah. And uh, Bob Ordenkirk, Bob, yeah. amazing actor. Yeah. He's one of those guys that if you look at him on the street and he told you he was an actor, you'd be like, oh, you're in like fucking D-rate movies or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But he's he's got the talent of like an A-rate actor. He's, he's legit. really good. Yeah. He's all the way legit. So that's what I've been watching. Uh, Better Call Saul. I watched some anime yeah. a little bit. Okay. Which, anime is interesting. Do you watch anime at all? Uh, I've seen like one called Evangelion and like one other. Evangelion. Evangelion is really good. Yeah. Uh, so you're not super into anime, but anime is really interesting as a medium. Okay. Because it's a weird mesh of cultures at this point. Like it used to be very Japanese-y mm-hmm. until like all the way maybe like up until the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then after the 90s happened, like... Western anime started popping up. Japan started blending with the culture of, like, Western and, and, and Eastern. Mm. And it's become this, like, huge, super fun fucking ball of ridiculousness yeah. that you get every so often, and I love it. It's so good. Uh, if we do an episode of anime, we could. I, mean, I, I have a couple of ones that I would recommend to you because they're really good. I mean, are, is Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! considered? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. yeah those, I mean, are called the, those are called, the, I think, the Shonen Jump of anime. Okay. Which are kind of like the long, extended mm. animes that take like 10 S- fucking Sailor years. Sailor Moon? Sailor Moon's an anime. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's something. You know. Jujo Hakusho. Yeah. Uh, all those things. They're really great. Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan's an I anime. Like which that. is really good. I like that one, yeah. Uh, so th- that kind of shit. I've been watching a lot of Naruto lately because I played a new game that came out. Getting that game today. Dude, are you? I'm getting for the game Xbox today. One? Yeah, for Xbox One. My I'm getting the game today. Oh, 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 quick backstory. We, um, <laughs> we, we, sorry, we just had like a really personal moment there. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, oh, we went over to a friend's house and we were playing this game of the Naruto. It's Naruto, a Naruto, Naruto Ninja Storm 4. Yeah. For you. Yeah. So we were playing that and like the, the, the guy that I am, like, I like to be good at everything. Like, not even good, great. I want to beat everyone at any competitive thing ever, you know? So even though I didn't know how to play, I figure, you know, three or four matches in, I would be whooping everybody's ass in the room. And it was not that. No, those people are good, man. (laughs) Yeah, they're good. Like, I've been playing that game for, like, three generations now. They still kick my ass. Like, I don't even know how much I like the game. I just know (laughs) that I don't like being beat, so I'm going to buy the video game out of spite and then whoop his monkey ass and then return the game, possibly. I I don't know. If you return it, I'll fucking buy it from you. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably will genuinely like it. But yeah. that's not my reason for buying it. Just wanna, <laughs> it's because just I like it. get good at it. So, you so can I can whoop back. his ass. Yeah. Exactly. I feel you now, man. I've done that before. Oh, yeah. It feels good when you finally get it. Redemption. Uh, so good. 
Anyway, have you seen anything? We got uh, at least three more minutes before we yep. gotta move on. I'm uh I'm still walking the Walking Dead. I catch. I didn't I didn't want to say walking the Walking Dead. Yeah, I, I didn't want to tell anybody what was happening before, but now I can. It's, it's happened already. Mm-hmm. So uh so Rick is dating a black girl. Rick has a black girlfriend now. So yeah, the swirl got the swirl <laughs> happening <laughs> with him. Um, Carl Carl has one eye. Yeah. You know, so he's like a pirate now. I saw that. Yeah, he's a police pirate, and um and Carol is fucking up. Carol's my favorite character on the show. It's an older white lady with short hair, and she's out here fucking up, trying to get herself killed. So, how, how is she fucking up? What's she up to? Um, she's trying to be too mothery. She's yeah. um, trying to protect other characters from themselves, and it looks like she may end up getting herself killed in the process. But She might. She probably will. We'll see on this week's Walking Dead Sunday at 10. <laughs> or is it not? I don't know. There's no plugging. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also seen. Uh, I'm watching the O.J. Simpson show still. Oh what, yeah, how's that going? What I'm liking about that is the show is really good. But now I'm watching it from a directorial standpoint because they're doing four episodes with one director. They're bringing in another director, mm-hmm. and the first four episodes. And my girlfriend hates to watch TV shows with me because of this. Because I'm like, did you see that? And I'll rewind something for camera work. <laughs> you know, I was like, they have the dolly going all the way around. Did you see this freaking camera work? You know. So then. <laughs> Friends fucking hate me for that same reason. Dude, like shit, that's fucking good cinematography. Y'all should respect that shit. We're gonna look at it again. (laughs) So, so So the the direction for the show is really good. Oh man, yeah, it's so it's so good. You know, so I mean, I'm watching it just to see the different, um, just the 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 different sparks that each director is gonna put on it. So I mean, it's that's really good. Um, the other show that I didn't watch but I'm going to the show that um the girl with the bunny face. That you were talking uh, about? Yeah, the Quantico. Quantico. Yeah. Now, I watched some of the first season, and it was it was all right. It was like, here's the thing about that show. For me, it was like really well shot, mm-hmm. but it had no substance. I agree. Yeah. I can agree. That was my, because I loved the camera work. Yeah. And I was sitting there with my friend yesterday, and I was like, did you fucking see that shit? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, no, what are you talking about? And I was like, god damn it. Mm-hmm. But the, the camera work was amazing. Yeah. But I felt like it had no substance as a show. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to go back for the substance. I'm going back for the bunny face girl. <laughs> I seen her on Jimmy Fallon two or three nights ago, and this chick is smoking hot. Yeah, like, top is. five in America smoking hot. So I'll watch the show for her. I'll yeah. give her two more episodes. She I'll is be- she is a beautiful lady. Mm-hmm. I'll admit, she was the reason I watched the first three episodes. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and um, the last thing, I think that was about it. I mean, I want to give it a, a week or two more with the, the Bernie Sanders-Hillary Clinton thing. Because right. it is... It's, it's getting fired up. It's, it's fired all the way up. Yeah. Uh, just before we head out real quick, I, there's been a lot of like social medias flooded with this shit. Mm. And uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton had a debate. Mm. And then Hillary was going to start talking while Bernie was talking. Yeah. And he just fucking shut her down. Family. He was like, excuse me, I'm talking. Mm. And Hillary shut her fucking mouth. And I was like... <gasps> Yeah, he got the balls. He got the balls. He was on uh, he was on Yahoo uh, Yahoo Radio a couple of days ago, and uh, the woman that was interviewing him completely like wrote him off. That was the I I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, he was like, "Are you is your agenda just to uh, to push Hillary Clinton more to the left?" He was like, "No, I want to no." Yeah, he was like, "Well, would you consider being Hillary's vice president?" Would she consider being my vice president? What kind of question is that? The version I saw fucking had the glass. The thug life one. Fuck the police. Yeah. (laughs) Just yes. Bernie Sanders, he's a good guy. I mean, he's Mm. got the bollocks to do what he wants to do, and I I, I think he's gonna, I think I think he's gonna start taking votes from Hillary now. I hope. Just because he shows that he's been, like, consistently. 
against what oh, she stands for. Last thing. Last this, thing. This is where it was. Um, all right, we were in, in, in at the school today. I was working, and um, Jonathan and another guy, they were shooting, and mm-hmm. they were trying to think of ideas of what to shoot, and one of the professors, she said that um, they should do something political, you know? <laughs> and the, the two guys, they were completely against that. They were like, what the fuck? People don't care about the politics in college that much, you mm-hmm. know? It's like they, all, they see things in passing, but they're not invested in it, you know, so they didn't care. And um, jokingly, one of them said, you know, we should go over there. We should go and pretend like we're Trump supporters and then see what people will do. And I was like, that is hilarious. Yes, <laughs> definitely do that. You know, so so they, they go up to a guy and they, um, they're they asking him who he's voting for. And he's talking about Bernie and all this stuff or whatever. And it was like, all right, you know, and then they, they're walking away. And then it was like, let's make America great again. Go Donald Trump, you know, <laughs> and I fuck with him. And the guy, he's like, what the fuck? You don't, you don't fucking say that. I was in the Navy. I'll kick your fucking ass. Jesus. Yeah. And then the guy, the guy he, uh, they come back to the, uh, the film cage and tell me that this, this happened. And I'm like, that's not the direction that we're trying to go. Like, you're, you're supporting Bernie Sanders, but that's not the direction that you should be taking that. Yeah. You know, the thing is, like, I told him I was in the military, too. And the thing is, is if someone has a different, a different opinion from me, we always say, I may not agree with your opinion, but I will die for you to have the right to have that opinion. Yeah. You know? That was a famous quote by some fucking politician. I don't it, remember who. It is, you know. And that's what we live by that in the military. And for him to be another military person... You know, just like fuck you. You can't. I know what my opinion is, and my opinion is right. So you can't have one. Yeah, you no, know like, that's really shitty. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, we're gonna move on mm-hmm. right now to get to the body of the podcast. But at the end of the podcast, I I may have a little rant against social media because right. <laughs> I fucking hate social media. All right. So uh, stay tuned for that shit because that's gonna happen. We're gonna talk about action now and what we think make action movies good. So, or what doesn't make them good? Who the fuck knows? Exactly, yeah. Uh, All right. Thank you, guys. We'll be back in about 15 seconds, really. Yep. (laughs) 10 seconds of dead air. Excuse me, Fluff. I don't want to accidentally step on you. Oh, I I see you were comfortable. It's okay. That's okay. Oh, now you're mad because I made you move. Oh. It's okay, baby. <laughs> you don't make me move. That was my spot. <laughs> Dogs are assholes, man. They're entitled. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were recording. <laughs> yeah, we okay. Were. All right. <laughs> we're doing the ten seconds of that I think. Okay. Uh welcome back. Uh we're do we're talking about action films today. Yes. And I'm particularly excited for this because you don't like action movies. N- not very much. Not pure action. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what you come up with mm-hmm. today. Because for me, actions, like pure action movies, are a good way for you to shut your brain off for mm-hmm. two and a half hours. Yep. Maybe an hour and a half, usually. They don't run that long because yep. they don't have plot. But <laughs> you move yep. in for one hour and a half, you turn your brain off, and then you watch shit blow up and motherfuckers get shot. Oh, yeah. And it's just, a, it's just a genuinely fun time. That being said, there's things about the action genre mm-hmm. that annoy the absolute hell out of me. Yeah. And I want to know if those line up. So what is your opinion on action movies? Um, they just don't do it for me. <laughs> you know, like just, but I mean, I have to qualify that just pure action movie. Because if we're talking about an action sci-fi, like The Matrix, I love The Matrix. Matrix is good. That's one of my favorite movies. You know, if you're talking about an action comedy, like uh, the movie Red, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're talking about action, action, Expendables 1 through 12, like I'm good. You know, <laughs> um, one twelve. Yeah, I thought there were like two movie, two expendable movies. Think, there's like four. Yeah, oh, what is it? <laughs> I know there's probably like three. So I mean, yeah, but I mean, there, there's a few that I like, and we'll we'll go over the ones 
But I mean, like, like we talked about Mad Max a few weeks ago. That's right. That's an action. That's movie. action. I like that. You know. But uh, it, here's a difference between like a bad action movie and a good action movie, mm-hmm. and I think it has to do with the way because you don't need action. Action is an, it's a cool genre because you don't need a lot of plot mm-hmm. to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. You don't need a complicated plot to be able to, to tell a really good story with really good characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mad Max is a good example of that. Yeah. I mean, the plot. Barely what plot? there. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> oh, there's a woman, they have babies, and we took them away. We took them. And you're just kind of there. Yeah. And you help them. Yep. That's it. There you go. Tom Brady, <laughs> you say 50 words in this movie, mm-hmm. and you get a million dollars for a page. Tom Hardy? A couple of, Tom Hardy. I'm like, Tom Brady's the quarterback for the New England fucking Patriots. Every time. Every fucking time. <laughs> I think he would have been great in Mad Max. So. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, like, like action movies are really cool because you can get away with not telling a complicated story or a complicated drama, yeah. but still having something that's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, The Matrix, yeah. it's, not a, it's really not a complex story. It's You're the chosen one. You, you're going to save us all from the machines. But that's the that's the superficial level of plot. Yeah, everything that makes the Matrix good lies in why he's doing that. Yep, in the in the why of the action, mm-hmm. why the action is there. Yeah, that's where the substance of the Matrix is. But the plot isn't complicated. It's a chosen movie. I mean, most you're most the good chosen plots. one. Go fix it. Yeah, most good plots are very simple. Yeah. you know, I mean, there's only there's only so many stories you can only tell them so many different ways. Exactly. You know, so I mean, that was one of the. More original. I mean, and even people look at, at him like the chosen one being Jesus or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you want it to be. You know, so, I mean, it was very basic. But, yeah, I love The Matrix. Matrix is fantastic. Yeah. But here's, let's compare, like, The Expendables to, like, The Matrix. Oh, God. And I haven't seen The Expendables, but mm. I know that it, that some dude's going to blow shit up. And yep. then these other dudes are going to, like, not make that shit blow up. Mm-hmm. That's what The Expendables is. It's not complicated, but the action in The Expendables, from yeah. what I've seen, has no real sort of backing in the plot. It's mm. just action for action. You're there, someone shoots you, and now you're in a shootout, and yeah. then we move away from it in a car chase, and then now we're at a place. Mm-hmm. Whereas The Matrix is like, you have this moments where like, oh, Neo, you're the chosen one. Yeah. It was like, I don't want to be the chosen one. It's like, oh, real shit, tough shit, because you're the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. So go train, take the red pill, do whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. But then, while well, in those action sequences, you see Neo evolve as a character. Yeah. You see him evolve from the, the chosen one at the beginning of the movie that didn't know what the fuck he was doing mm-hmm. to, like, accepting the Matrix for what it is mm-hmm. and then training to fight. Even the training fight scenes had their purpose where yeah. they were, like, showing you something or Neo was learning something about those mm-hmm. in, in, in those scenes. Yeah. And then you feel like the progression of him as a character is well warranted because he evolved through those fight scenes. And the you last did. fight scene from the third movie with Mr. Smith mm. is a really good example of that because you have yeah. a trilogy now and uh, Neo's like, re- he's a god. I mean, yeah. he can hack into the Matrix. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yep. And then, but this fight, which you know he's going to win, mm. it's not about him winning the fight. It's about him realizing or learning that he can be the one that saves you from the Matrix. Yeah. Like, the risk in that, in that thing is not him dying. It's him failing to save you, mm. even if he wins the fight. So that's the real risk and reward of The Matrix. But the thing is, if you take science fiction away from The Matrix, I'm not watching that. Yeah, because you got nothing. Really, the premise for The Matrix is built around the science fiction. It is. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, there's action, but it's like, take science fiction out of it and fuck that movie. You know? (laughs) But like, action, action. Like, um, my first movie is Gladiator. Okay. You know, uh, came out in 2000. Uh, Ridley Scott uh, directed it. You'll know Ridley Scott from uh, Alien from 79. Thelma and Louise is my favorite thing he's ever done in 91. I haven't seen that yet. That's super good. should see it. Yeah. Then, um, and then 2015, The Martian, 
great reviews, but still not my favorite movie, but yeah. great reviews. And it was funny. Every educated <laughs> person I know says it's good, you know. So um, anyway, really, Scott, uh, basically the premise behind Gladiator and I've Anyone listening, I'm sure you've had to see Gladiator. If you haven't, uh, when a Roman general is betrayed and his family is murdered by an emperor's uh, corrupt son, he comes to Rome as a gladiator to seek revenge. I've seen this movie about 150 million times. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're telling me that your fucking college roommate... He couldn't like, sleep without sound, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, he and so we would we would put the the gladiator in at night, and it would just play over and. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Like all night, you know, just gladiator every night, every morning. That's funny, you know. But but I really like that because there was development. Joaquin Phoenix did his thing in that movie. Um, that was Ro- Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Well, Russell Crowe was the gladiator. Oh, okay, okay. But Joaquin Phoenix was the uh, the emperor oh, or whatever. Shit, that's right. Yeah, I totally didn't recognize him. Yeah, he's the one that eventually killed uh, Russell Russell Crowe at the end. Damn. Yeah, but it's it was so good. You got to see character development of Russell Crowe from who he was at the beginning to who he was at the end, and then finally accepting death and just becoming one. And and at the end, they show him back with his uh, wife and children and quote unquote Valhalla. You know, but I mean, it's I, I like the character development, it's, the character Olympus. arc. Olympus. Olympus. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There what is go. what is Valhalla? That's the one. The, the Vikings. Vikings. What's the version one? Uh, the Persian. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Vikings, Valhalla. Okay. Greeks, Olympus, and mm. then everyone else. Eh. No, the, the Muslims have one, don't they? Uh, that is. No. It's like they get like 152 virgins. Or 72 like virgins. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. It's their heaven. But what's the deal with that, though? 72 virgins. <laughs> because the, you only get to fuck them once. They're not a virgin after that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you can only do it 72 times. That's what I'm saying. And then you're just bored. For the rest for of heaven. eternity. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you just. I guess if you schedule it out. Are they, sh- are they shipping in, like, after you de-virginize one, are they shipping in a fresh version? Are they f- shipping in fresh virgin? Because, I mean, it and might also, be worth it. I know, like, but some someone might get shoot me for this. Mm-hmm. But what if it's a gay Muslim? <laughs> ah, do he get seventy-two male virgins? I would, I would hope so. Uh, yeah, right. You I don't know, think so. I mean, if that's their version of heaven, then yeah, they should get a guy, yeah, or whatever right. they want. Do you get seventy-two? Just uh, what fucking? We digress. So, anyway. <laughs> Gladiator, <laughs> Gladiator Year Two Thousand, Ridley Scott, Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix. That's I put that at the top of my list, like top five favorite action movies ever. It's a, and I love it. Here's why I think you really like that movie, mm-hmm. despite the fact that it's an action, action drama, action drama. Mm-hmm. Here's why I think you really like that movie, mm-hmm. because apart from it just not being action, every fight action. scene mm-hmm. in that movie. It was for, there for a drives uh, Russell Crowe's purpose as a yep. character, yep. and so like every person, every slash of the sword that he does is like, I'm gonna get revenge for my fucking family. Yeah, it meant something. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't just needless, senseless fighting in blood. Exactly. You know? And I mean, I'm like everybody else. I like to see blood and things blowing up, you know, but not for no reason. Yeah, you gotta have a purpose behind it. And yeah. people, I, I think that filmmakers uh, and as action movie filmmakers mm. specifically. You got you got your your sets and your your set pieces, and you got your scenes, and then you got your shots. Mm-hmm. But I think they forget that you can have really impressive shots and really good looking scenes, but nothing to back them up. Yeah. And when you do that, that's when that's when your movie falls flat mm-hmm. because the audience has no reason to care. So your main character can get shot fifty times. Yeah. And they'll be like, okay, so who's the next guy? And that's when a high action movie goes wrong. Yeah. And and Gladiator is good because of that, oh, because yeah. we care about Russell Crowe. We mm-hmm. know his motives. Yep. 
and we want him to succeed. Same with Neo. Mm. Neo, we care about why he's doing the whole Matrix thing. Yeah. And then we're with them through that whole journey. They mm. take us through a journey. And when the action complements that side of the story, yes. you get a great action movie and a genuinely fun one. But when it doesn't, you get fucking Expendables. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I, I don't want to hate on the Expendables too much, even though, like, the one that I did see is, like, I wasn't, it wasn't for me. No. But I give them credit because they realize that there's some people that just want all of the action, action That's only. Right. Like they're not, they're not going with the purpose of having a great plot and winning any awards. Yeah. You know, they're just like, you want the action, I'm about to give you that shit with <laughs> times 100. You know, yeah. so I mean, it's it's good for it. You know, but it really is. And and here's not to say, and the reason why I keep mentioning the Expendables, it's not because the Expendables is an inherently bad movie. There's mm-hmm. a thousand worse movies than the Expendables. I'm sure. But the Expendables is the sort of the stereotypical action movie. It is. You got six or seven like really big macho men yeah. with really big guns mm-hmm. blowing really big shit up. Yep. That's what it is. And that's what the the stereotype versus what an actual action movie is yeah. for me are worlds apart. Mm-hmm. And people just don't seem to bridge that gap enough. Yeah. And John Wick, a movie that I saw last night. Preach. I, Let me hear about John Wick. Yeah, it's so good. I saw it like seven hours ago. All right. <laughs> Uh, okay, so John Wick, the premise is that there's an ex-hitman mm. that worked for the Russian mob. Right. He find, he meets a woman, mm. and then he gets out of the mob. This is, this is Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, okay. yeah, as John Wick. Yeah. And he meets a woman, mm. and he manages to get out of the mob, and right. then lives a life with this woman, and she gets sick, and she dies. But then the mob is coming back to find them? No, 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 no. Okay. Here's, here's what it is. Like, it's really not a... It's an original twist on the typical mob movie. Okay. Uh, because they don't show you anything about him leaving the mob. Mm. You see him as a character dealing, the first few minutes are him dealing with his wife's death. Okay. And then him starting to grieve for his wife. Mm. And we just kind of like, and he's just walking through life trying to figure out how to grieve his wife. The wife sends him, after the funeral, he gets a dog. It was the wife made arrangements for him to get a dog after she died Mm -hmm. so that he had something to grieve with and he wasn't alone. And... He fucking takes care of the dog. He's learning how to love the dog. And he goes to a gas station. He meets a couple of Russian pricks. Mm. And he has a really nice Mustang, like 1969 Mustang. Nice. He meets a couple of Russian pricks. The dude asks him, hey, how much for this car? And he was like, not for sale. Yeah. And then Russian says something threatening in, in Russian. And he responds with something equally threatening in Russian. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, fuck you. I know Russian too, bitch. Yeah. And then he drives away. And then the Russian people break into his house, steal his car. And kill his dog. <laughs> that's the whole 20 minutes of the first. That's the first 20 minutes of the movie. Wow. And then. So his, his wife dies first from my illness. Yep. And then the dog that she gave him was murdered. Yep. Exactly. Wow. And not only was it murdered, it was murdered by the son of his previous Russian mob boss. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, but here's the thing about this movie. You know, you, do you, I mean, I, I don't want to cut you off too much. Do you know I'm more upset about that dog dying? <laughs> oh, no, dude. I was so fucking angry. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the most upsetting like I'm like thinking about the revenge story of like if somebody murdered my dog well, like that's what this movie is yeah that's yeah. really it's a revenge story yeah about a dude he killed his dog they yeah. stole his car and killed his dog that's all that happened yeah but um he John Wick was this legendary sort of hitman that worked for the mob yeah and they called them they have this really great line when he said He's the one that will find you and kill you. Nice. And like they and he said they said something about him being called the boogeyman mm. and the mob boss went like, No, he's the guy you send when you want to kill the boogeyman. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and you're like, Oh shit, John Wick's a fucking boss. Yeah. And uh anyway, so John Wick 
wakes up after they kill this dog and mm-hmm. he's like all beat up and shit. Yeah. And he has this really great moment where he's cleaning up the blood in his house. Mm-hmm. And he looks at the camera fucking straight on, 90 degrees, mm-hmm. hair on his face, like a little blood everywhere. And he just, you just fucking know. Oh, it's Everyone's about to go down. dead. Yeah. <laughs> From that moment on. And it was my favorite. It's not a complicated movie. It mm-hmm. really isn't. It's a, a, he's a mob boss. They fuck him up and he's going to fuck them up. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But the fact that I think it took an interesting approach by not letting us live the moments with his wife. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what his wife looks like except for one moment where he looks at his phone at a video of him. Yeah. We don't know what his wife looks like. We don't know what his life with the wife was. We mm-hmm. don't know what his previous life of a mobster was. Okay. We see him dealing with his wife's death yeah. and getting robbed and his dog killed. And then we sort of see John Wick, the calm, wealthy, mild-mannered man, return to the fucking badass mobster that he is. Yeah. And he's got an entire Russian mob scared of him. And he just fucking goes off, dude. And that's it. The whole movie is him hunting down the son, the guy that killed his dog. Mm-hmm. And then the Russian mob boss trying to protect his son. Mm-hmm. And it's just not working out. <laughs> I assume, I mean, I, I don't want to know the ending because I do want to see it myself. Yeah, it's a really know. fun movie. But it's one of those movies that it's pure action. Yeah. There's really nothing dramatic about it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing comedic about it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing serious about it. It's pure, pure, pure action. Is it mostly guns or is there hand-to-hand It's, it's both. It's a really good combination of both. Okay, cool. And uh, I don't remember who the stuntman was, but I think it was one of the dudes that worked on The Matrix for choreography. Nice. Uh, I think so. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a really famous stunt director. Mm. And Keanu Reeves is all, also helped with the choreography. Nice. Even production. He mm. was really into it. And he did all of his own stunts. I mean, it was really good. That's what's up, Keanu. Yeah, Keanu rocks this shit. Yeah. And, and, and fuck, I, I lost my train of thought. And anyway, he goes to see the movie, but the set pieces for this movie are all very timely spaced out, very well paced. Mm. It has humor, but it's hidden in the action sequences. Okay. And it has sort of drama, but it's also hidden in the action sequences. So, like, you see Keanu return to the mob buzz that he was. Yeah. But you see it happening through the action sequences. Uh And it's really, 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 really fucking good. I, I strongly recommend it to anyone that likes action. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see it. Like I yeah. said, that's that's the one movie. Like, I'm not into action that hardcore. But like I said, there was a movie, uh, The Die Hard. And Die it was, Hard? Yeah, it was like, you haven't seen Die Hard? You haven't seen Die Hard? And I let people say that to me for like 10 years. And I was <laughs> like, all right, that, that movie keeps coming up, so I'll go see it. And for the past, like, two years. Like, when did John Wood come out? Like, it was... Two, two, 2014. Well, about yeah, two years in. Yeah, yeah. I was like, for like almost the past <laughs> two years, I just keep hearing John Wick, John Wick, John Wick, John Wick, and it hasn't gone away, you know, so I'm like, yeah. all right, I'll go see it. I, I feel like if John Wick had come out on 2015, mm. I would have had a really, really tough time deciding between Mad Max and John Wick. That's how good I think it is. And wow. they're two entirely different movies, but John mm. Wick is oozing with style. Yeah. And like, people cared about the script and people care about this movie. And we have a thing, we go back to the, remember we talked about Drive, about the silent protagonist? Yep. Ken Reeves says maybe 60 lines in this whole movie too. I can see him doing But that. he's suave and he's funny when he does it. His delivery is straight on perfect. Yeah. And the action, the camera work, first of all, it's not super shaky. Mm. It's like shaky enough to give you a feel for the action. But every camera movement is all purposeful. Yeah. And every time it does a track, action movies are this thing where they track really short bursts of movement. Mm. Every time it does that, it's because they want you to see what he's doing to that guy. Yeah, yeah. They want you to see what he's doing to the other guy. Mm-hmm. And 
everything feels purposeful and well choreographed and you can tell that they spend like 25 hours on like a two minute sequence Sheesh. you can tell that and it's oozing with style and just mm, it's like fucking butter in your mouth I'm such a good it. movie i'm into it yeah it's really really good but here's a reason why it's good okay you have john wick a simple character mm-hmm. a very simple plot yep. they kill they kill this dog mm. th- which is a symbol really for his wife yeah that's what that is it was the last thing he had from his wife yeah they kill it and it's it's him grieving the movie is him grieving mm. and him saying that he retired but going against the mob that he built pretty yeah. much yeah and so he's always he lost the one thing that was keeping him out of the life it was mm. his wife and now he's back into it that's what how is, this movie is what is his redemption and not becoming the uh the unlockable character at the end uh if i told you that i might spoil the movie okay, for right. you. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, He's not a good guy. Yeah, so I'm saying it's because yeah. I mean, if he because if you show him being human, you humanize him at the first 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and then for the next hour, you just show him being the most terrible person. But you, it's justified because you've seen the first 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. But but then you have to bring humanize him again at some yeah. point, so he doesn't just the end of the movie with him being a blood soaked terrible human being with and they nothing. Do that. And they do that. They oh. do that really well mm-hmm. with a thing that happens and with his friends and whatnot. Yeah, they do that really well. And that's why I think that movie worked out awesomely. Because, it, and it's it's action through and through. Like after the first twenty minutes, it's action with maybe three minute breaks between action pieces. This, and it's yeah. good. It's so good. I mean, it's just, one of my favorite movies so far. Just those ten minutes. If you tell me about it, that's that's the biggest recommendation like I've heard from anything. You know, yeah. that's better than a trailer right there. And I think you're going to appreciate it more as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm than anything else yeah because that's how i appreciated it like yeah it was beautiful to look at and style and lighting was fantastic mm-hmm. but as a director as someone that you're going to make the shots yeah matter and you're going to make the camera movement matter mm-hmm. that movie is amazing to look at i'm excited to you see it you fucking get the feeling that someone cared about this project yeah and that's that's ultimately my favorite thing about it okay and uh it's just one of those things because then I saw Crank immediately before, mm. and I love Crank, but it's an entirely different style. Of movie. What's the guy that um not Liam Neeson, Jason uh, Jason Statham? Jason Statham. Hi, yeah. I'm Jason Statham. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't love that guy. I didn't know if I liked him or not until I seen a movie uh, recently with uh, Melissa McCartney uh, called Spy. Spy? Yeah. yeah, I've heard about it. It's so funny. It's an action comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. The um, well, the first hour is really really funny because it's <laughs> that I have a problem with it's action comedy is is hard to do. Yeah. Like the, there was the movie Let's Be Cops. Did yep. you see that? There, there's one half where it's really really funny, and that's the first half, and then it tries to go into action. It's like they don't merge the action comedy. It's just comedy. so you end up with a movie split between comedy bits and action bits. Exactly. And there's no way to blend them into a movie. And that that's how Spy is. Like the first hour of it is hilarious it's so funny and then the second half of it is just action 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 let's throw a joke in here every now and again yeah it's like a, like an action set piece it's like yep. comedy finished by an action set piece yep and what's the name of but jason Statham, he was in that and he was just completely making fun of the character that i thought he was in every single movie just the the meathead i mean if you ask him to act two plus two i mean fuck that he'll shoot you in the head yeah <laughs> you know that's, that's, that's what that equals <laughs> that's, that's Yo, Satan, what's two plus two? Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so they um he, he was in uh he was in spy and they were like um he was like, Oh I, I know what I can do. 
It's like you say that you no one can get into that room. Well, you just put me inside the face-off machine. Then I'll go into and then I put a new face on and then I go on that they won't recognize me. It was like there's no such thing as a face-off machine. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's like you're just just completely being an idiot. Like it's to, just self-parody in every yes, character that he's all ever of played. It. Yeah, and it's so good. It's so good. But That's, Jason Statham is a really he's one of the like the high key action stars. Yeah. Uh, he's been in the transporter series was good. Oh shit, that was my phone. What the fuck? He was. Uh, I'm a professional. Let me. Um, um. I'm super professional. That shit would never happen to me. <laughs> as as I he shakes my- his phone and <laughs> checks to see if it's muted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jason Cena has been sort of like, in, in my short life as watching action movies. Mm. Almost every action movie that I've seen has Jason Statham in it. Mm. And it's because he's good at it. He's really, really fucking good at it. And he has the ability to carry an action movie Mm -hmm. that would otherwise suck. Shit. What? He was in uh, Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels, I believe. I don't know. Maybe. I didn't I didn't even think to put that on the list. That's one of my favorite action movies. I didn't really? even think about it. What's um, it called again? Uh, Lock, Stock, and uh, Smoking Barrels. Okay. I believe uh, Guy Ritchie is the director from it. Okay. The director from it. I mean, that was really, really good. But yeah, Jason Statham. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. Yeah. And so, so I've, been Jason, I've been watching Jason Statham for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and every movie he plays the same character. He's a yeah. buff British guy. Yep. And Transporter was a really good one. Mm-hmm. That's another action movie that's really fun. Yeah. I like uh, Transporter. Transporter 2 was good. Transporter 3 was shit. They made three? Yeah. Whoa. I think so. I think oh. the last one was the most recent one, and it was mm. pretty shit. Oh, wow. Uh, and then he came out with Crank, and then they made Crank 2. Mm. Crank 2 was arguably less good than Crank I 1. I didn't see Crank 2. Uh, but Crank 1 is one of my fi- favorite ridiculous fucking like, oh, penis power kind of movies. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, <laughs> the whole premise of Crank, Crank 1 is that he's got to keep his heart pumping adrenaline for him to live. I mean, Crank is basically speed. Yeah, pretty it's much. the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I, never I, seen Speed. What the fuck? No, <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock? No, I've never seen it. You're inside of a bus, and you, if you go lower than like 88 miles, 88 miles an yeah. hour, then it the blows up. The bus explodes. Yeah, I mean, the same premise with Crank. It's like something going on with his heart, and if his adrenaline goes below something, then he, he dies. dies. He yeah. starts dying. Yeah, same premise. And, uh, same premise, yeah. yeah. Both are really, really good. I like Crank and Speed. Crank was so interestingly filmed. Mm-hmm. It was so good for like... Three quarters of the movie, mm. I think. It was one of the best filmed action movies that I've seen. It was filmed really well. Uh, be- and, and here's why I think they did that well. Because the whole movie is based on him going fucking crazy with mm. adrenaline. Yeah. So every shot Very is handheld. Shaky and, yeah. yeah, shaky and handheld. And mm. you feel like, holy shit, holy shit, it's holy shit. It's happening to me. <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah. like you're running like a fucking 88 mile road. And you're like, ah! Yeah. That's what it feels. Trying to survive with him. Yeah, exactly. And... and they have really fun editing. Mm. They they don't mind adding like split screen editing when he's talking on the phone. He's like talking to the doctor. He's like, Doc, what do they have in me? And he's like, Dude, they got some of that good Chinese shit on you. Oh, Chinese shit. What is that? I don't know, man. I, I gotta I gotta <laughs> look at you. And he's like, Well, I'm on my way. He's like, What are you doing? I'm driving to a mall right now. And you're like, Wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> he's like casually on the phone. Fucking- oh. I wish I wish the listeners could have seen it because you were fully going from ear to ear, phone to phone, as if the conversation was actually really happening. <laughs> so good. It's a really fun fucking movie. Yeah. Like they don't mind going crazy with the editing. They don't mm. mind adding editing jokes. Yeah. Editing jokes in a movie are my favorite thing, and Same. that's why. And Koreans have my props on that. Yeah. Because they don't mind adding a little graphic to like really play a visual to joke. To bring it home. Yeah. Uh, it's the same th- reason why I love Scott Program versus the World. 
That's one of my favorite. What is that? Uh, action comedy, I guess. That's action comedy. Action comedy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's uh, the reason why that movie works so well for me, mm-hmm. because they don't mind adding visual effects joke and yeah. then having a little good editing joke, mm-hmm. like the pee bar when he's peeing in yeah. the urinal. Yeah. It's my favorite visual <laughs> joke that Edgar Wright ever has ever done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so Crank has a little bit of that, but it also has like really purposeful shaky cam. Yeah. And everything's shaky. It's not excessively shaky. Mm. It's like right at the cusp of when action movies are like, hey, this shaky cam thing, it's really going to pay off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Crank has this sort of erratic camera mm. that still follows Jason Statham very well. Yeah. And the only times it stabilizes is when he's dying. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of calming down and then he realizes, ah, shit, I got to do this now. Yeah. And then the camera goes shaky again. Yep. And so Crank, the three first regards of the movie were amazing for me. Yep. Uh, but then after it sort of, he kind of, he kind of finds a way to fix it yeah. uh, momentarily. And then the camera stops being less fun and mm-hmm. there's less editing jokes. Yeah, and I think the movie dies down for me after the the second act. Yeah, but first two acts of that movie were incredibly well filmed, mm-hmm. extremely purposeful, really well written. Yep. And even though it's a penis power movie, yeah. it's like I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get a blowjob while I'm driving and dying and getting shot at. Yeah. I'm a man. Mm-hmm. Even though it's that kind of movie, it's yeah. really fun to just watch and see the real rid- ridiculousness of it. It is. Yeah. And those are two of my f- action favorite action movies because they're one one of them is like oozing with style, mm-hmm. and the other one is oozing with a different, more aggressive style. Yeah, that I think works really well for the scripts, and that's really what action movies are for me. Action movies, you can do whatever you want in an action movie. Yeah. it just has to work with your script. Your tone has to be right. Mm-hmm. Your action sequences have to be right for the character. Yeah. And your characters have to be in tone with those action sequences. Mm-hmm. You can't have a mild-mannered character like Keanu Reeves yeah. do the same thing that Jason Statham did in Crank because mm-hmm. it would not work. No. Because he is not the aggressive, crazy, psychotic Russian mob. Yeah. He's the calm, mild-mannered, I'm a gangster Russian yeah. mob. But and, but and vice versa, you can't put Chevy Chase from Crank into uh, John Wick. Chevy Chase? Chevy Chelios. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't put him in John Wick because yeah. it wouldn't work because the tones are so different yeah. and the filmmaking styles are so different. Yeah. So that's why I personally love action mm. because you can get really good gems like John Wick and have a really good serious movie mm-hmm. and have a really fun and aggressive movie like Crank and have them work on the same level in entirely different leagues. So that's why action for me is like one of the good genres when it's done right that's that's the thing it's like that people say when you hate something you secretly love it yeah you know and it's like that's the thing with with action like i secretly do love action but it's just i'm so turned off by mindless action like action that doesn't have a purpose with the shaky cam stuff from um from crank mm-hmm. like that was original at the time yeah you know what i mean it was it was amazing like i like that crank 2 i'm like ah, i'm good yeah you crank know? 2 i didn't care too much for it yeah. it was another fun movie but yeah. it didn't have the same impact as crank 1 exactly yeah and Kang Kong was fucking crazy. I mean, yes. how can you top that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I mean there's there's, there's good action movies. Um one of my, another one of my favorites um Shooter. Shooter was a really good movie. I haven't seen that in ages, but I know that I loved it. I I love that. Yeah, 2007 directed by Antoine Fuqua, uh starring Matt Damon and uh Michael Peña. Uh the same guy that directed Shooter, uh Antoine Fuqua. Wait, he, wasn't Mark Wahlberg in that movie? Shooter? Or was it another Matt, Matt Damon? No, Mark Wahlberg was in a no, I'm thinking of the phone booth movie, where mm-hmm. he's in a phone booth. 
stuck in a phone booth. I've seen a phone booth movie. I don't know. Yeah. That, that might have been Marky Mark. Go on. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Marky Mark. We, we went over the funky bunch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to listen to last week's episode to get that. <laughs> um, so, Shooter. Shooter. Uh, Antoine Fuqua, uh, the director, he's the same director from uh, Olympus Has Fallen, okay. uh, Tears of the Sun, and 2001's Training Day. And also, more recently, London Has Fallen. No, oh, that, that's, that's, no a, that's another guy. Right, that is another yeah, guy. A d- different guy. Right, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. But uh, yeah, that's the sequel to that, Olympus Has Fallen. Yeah. But, um, but it, it was it was odd, though, like just looking at Antoine, Antoine Fuqua's um, resume, mm-hmm. I didn't expect him to, it to be so diverse. You know, because Training Day is a one type of movie. Tears of the Sun is um, a military type movie with, um, what's the bald guy who's always been bald? Uh, Bruce Willis. Ter- Bruce. <laughs> Oh, you mean the small-time actor from Die Hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Bruce Bruce Willis, season Tears of the Sun. It's a military-type movie. Then Olympus Has Fallen. It just it was a very diverse, you know, type of movies, or whatever. But um, I think that's what makes a good director. It does. Yeah, like that's why I, co- I love Corn Brothers so much, you know. But um, all right, uh, and Shooter. The basically the premise is a marksman living in exile is coaxed back into action after learning of a plot to kill the president. Holy shit! Ultimately. Ultimately, double-crossed and framed for the attempt, he goes on the run to find the real killer and the reason he was set up. You know, so it's like, in this right here, this is what solidified Matt Damon for me mm-hmm. as top-notch. You know, like, I, I didn't, I'd seen, uh, was it a beautiful, not a beautiful, what's the, the first movie with him and uh, Ben Affleck? Uh, good Will Hunting? Good Will Hunting. It's a I, good movie. Yeah, really good movie. Hell yeah. I seen that, and I was like, yeah, Matt Damon's good, but can he do anything, can he hold a movie on his own? You know, Shooter solidified it for me. I mean, he had um, what's the, the movies that he was no, doing in? Uh, it's uh, it's Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg's in it too. It's not Damon. It's Wahlberg. Damon's not in the movie at all. No. It's, oh wow. Yeah, Wahlberg? it's Wahlberg. Yeah. Good job, Wahlberg. <laughs> wow. So whatever we set up a Google hunting, scratch that, Matt Damon. Yeah. Fuck you. Give it. Give it. Yeah. Well, Matt Damon's still good. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, but this is. <laughs> well, this is. It. I've never seen Matt Mark Wahlberg do anything. Yeah, no, it's Wahlberg. That's, Wahlberg's that's good. good. He usually just gets stuck with bad directors. That's my problem with him. I'm going to need some evidence of his goodness. Uh, Yeah, I'll find some for you. I mean, I I know, I know, I like, I like Shooter. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything else that I was like, Mark Wahlberg, like, give this guy on. on, on He's funny. He's a good comedy actor. He's funny. Yeah, Yeah, like, Ted Ted was a good one for him. Yeah, like, yeah, Ted. Yeah, I'm talking about like actor, actor. Like, I mean, he was in um, The uh, the Departed, I think. Departed? Yeah, Yeah, he he was was in in Departed. You know, so I mean, he he does a decent enough job, but I didn't know. I don't put him up there with Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon. Um, yeah, Port. he's certainly like a league below them. Yeah, but yeah, he's still yeah. pretty good. But yeah, that was Mark Warburg, not this Matt is, Damon. So this is the first well, shooter. Is the first and only movie that I really respect from Matt from Mark Warburg. <laughs> you know, like you respected it so much that you gave the that credit I gave to the Matt credit Damon. to someone else. <laughs> That's how much I respected it. Yeah, and uh, it also goes to the fact that I think all white people look alike. <laughs> and also goes to that you know that's great but um but but yeah um i'm trying to think of things that i've i'm, I'm stuck on this this um this mark Wahlberg thing because <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I just fucking blew your world i've put mark Wahlberg in a box for a long time yeah. no, and, he's good you know, i still i'm still not gonna say that word yet when i associated with mark Wahlberg because i don't know but yeah I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at some more of his stuff. But anyway, shooter. Yeah. So um. So shooter. Like I said, um. He's going back for revenge. You know because um. They framed him for killing the president or a, a assassination plot. Mm-hmm. So um. Basically, he's the best marksman that America has seen. You know. So um. They're tra- he's trying to find out 
if he's not the person that took the shot, then who did it? Yeah. You know, so he's he going to prove himself innocent. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So in the in the in the in the meantime, he's having to get his skills back and uh, show why he was such a good marksman in the first place and yada yada. But um, super 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 good movie. And uh, lastly, for me, uh, <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> lastly, to the danger zone. The danger zone. You lost that love and feeling. Whoa, I love Top Gun. Love it. That's uh, Tom Cruise, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, Top Top Gun, um, directed by Tony Scott, is in. You know, I, I have to go back to the shooter thing again because Mark Wahlberg. The thing is, I have this paper typed and printed out. And it said, "Matt Damon." Yeah, I know. I know. I wrote Matt Damon on there myself. I was like, I don't need I don't need to look up who was in this movie. This is one of my favorite action movies. I know who the fuck is in this movie. I, I don't need to I don't need any more verification. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, right. Anyway, because anyway, oh, I'm thinking like I did the same thing with uh, the Top Gun because like that's one of my favorite movies. I know that's Tom Cruise. That's and if right. you was like, that's not fucking Tom Cruise, bro. <laughs> yeah, but if I told you if I was like on and like fucking. I wouldn't funny if that was Wahlberg. That was Wahlberg too. <laughs> it's like Wal- actually a Top Gun. That was that was Wahlberg. That, man. that was Wahlberg, so bro. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Val Kimmer, um, as students of the United States Navy, elite fighter, weapons school. They compete to be the best in the class, and one darling young pilot, Tom Cruise, uh, learns a few things from a civilian instructor, and um, he, that he's not taught in the classroom. So I mean, basically. Um, he, he's he's like um, one of the best fighter pilots that they have, but he's arrogant and cocky, and I, I identified with it pretty hardcore. You know, being you were very arrogant, Force, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, it, the, the movie is Navy, you know, but I didn't know that at the time. I'm just seeing <laughs> aircrafts, you know. So I mean, that was that's what drove me to go into the military. Like I wanted to wear the aviator sunglasses and um, play uh, homoerotic volleyball with my shirt off. <laughs> While you glistened in the sand. <laughs> yes. And yeah. then you went home and watched the Golden Girls. Yeah, damn right. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls is the shit. You know what? We should start, you know, when we when we, we get a few more listeners, we're going to start putting polls up. We're going to put up a poll of how many people watch the Golden Girls. I've never seen them. i got to watch a couple. You've never seen, never the, Golden seen Girls? the Golden Girls? You don't know the Golden Girls theme song? Nope. Thank you for being a friend. Nope. Travel around the world and back again. No idea. I will kill you right now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. That's Go- fucking funny. When, I don't even know how we got to Golden Girls from Top Gun. But damn yeah, it. It's homoerotic volleyball. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. how, that's how you got through it. Yeah. No, but, the, but Top Gun has been one of those movies that I've never seen, mm-hmm. but I know that it has a huge impact for people. It's a cold classic. It is. And it's so, it's just cheesy. It's one of, like, don't go into that thinking I'm about to see a really, really good movie. It's yeah. cheese on cheese. You know? It's like, I got the need. The speed, yeah, the need for speed. I mean, it's just, it's the, it's, it's so cheesy. <laughs> fucking Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. Yeah. He went crazy for a couple of years, but I fucking love the guy. I mean, maybe he still is crazy. Maybe we don't know. Yeah, you kind of need to be to be Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, But, okay, so Top Gun. Tell me why you like Top Gun. What makes it a good action movie for you? Despite the fact that it's, because it's cheesy. Cheesy is usually a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Tell me why you like it so much. That, that, um, the action sequences meant things. You okay. know, so well uh, for Tom Cruise... Uh, he went into it initially, and something we talk about a lot in, in class is hubris. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise was filled with hubris. You know, his father was a great fighter pilot. He goes into yeah. it. He knows that he's a great fighter pilot. For those, yeah, for those of you who don't know, what we mean by hubris is that the main character thinks that he's the shit, mm. and he's not actually the shit. <laughs> yes, that's that's pretty much that, what it is. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he's he's filled with hubris. He he thinks he's the shit. His dad was the shit. 
he he goes into a flight school and everyone knows him because they know who his dad is. Yeah. You know, so he immediately thinks he's going to get up in the aircraft and he's going to be better than everybody else. And then he learns that he's not. Yeah. You know, so um, but he still doesn't try to change the way that he goes about it. He goes up and does it again his way. And he gets his best friend Goose killed. Oh shit! Yeah, his um, his his um, his wingman Goose. Uh, they're they're going out or whatever, and Goose gets killed, and that changes everything for him right there. Now he, he has to learn how to become begins, the pilot that he should be. He begins to reel, and yeah. who helps him do that is um, the the woman in the, in the movie. She uh, teaches him things that he couldn't learn inside the classroom. You know that you have to have some type of balance in your life. You can't just be full fledged. What, what was the movie that we seen recently the, about the drummer? Uh, Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah, yeah very, that was another good one. Yeah, very, very similar to um, the transformation of just realizing what you can and can't do, and that you need that balance in your life. Yep. You know, so fun I mean, fact: the mm-hmm. kid that played the main character in Whiplash with mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons okay. was the kid that played Richard Reeds in the new Fantastic Four movie. Well, damn. Yeah. So that goes to show that you can have a really good actor mm-hmm. be a shit character if the director is kind of. Oh shitty. yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, fun fact. Oh no, <laughs> but, but yeah, the um, it, it just it just it, it made like everything mattered. The uh, the action sequences mattered. You know, I mean, people weren't dying needlessly. There weren't needless plane crashes and stuff like that. You know, so I mean, it, everything mattered. It's why I liked it so much. But like I said, it was cheesy. Yeah. It's cheese on top of cheese. You know, so I, I don't I don't, don't want to give. It's that like moldy, impression. delicious blue cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, I wasn't gonna talk about this movie, but. I just remembered because you mentioned Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has two names: Live Edge, Live Die, Live Repeat, Die Repeat, and Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, same movie. Yeah, I don't know why the fuck the name changes. I never understood that. Mm-hmm. But it's one of my favorite action movies. That yeah. was really good. That was fucking fantastic. It felt video gameish. I it really so much, did. You know? It really did. And uh, but that's another action movie mm-hmm. that. First of all, you get the same action scene. Yeah, over, over, and, over and, and over and over again. Yep. For like half the movie. Mm-hmm. Here's why it works. The character is never the same after each action sequence. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He That's takes, how you make that work. He takes his experience that he's living over and over and over again into the next experience. Yep. You know, so it's it's really good. So uh, definitely, Edge of Tomorrow is one of those movies. It's actually a good blend of it's action. Yeah. I consider it a pure action movie. Hardcore action. But it's one of those movies that like infuse humor and drama with the characters. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's one of the favorite. It's one of my favorite action movies, and again, Tom Cruise. He's cemented himself as a really good, yeah, uh, action movie star. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, Ghost Protocol came out. I, yeah, that was good. I haven't seen it. Ghost Ghost Protocol was really really good. That's the the first Mission Impossible movie I've seen in since Mission Impossible two or three. Three, I think, was the last one before they started doing them again. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I've only seen up to three. And yeah. I think there's two new ones. There's Rogue Protocol and five. Ghost Protocol and um, there might be five. F- five, because Simon yeah. Pegg was in five. Yeah. Yeah. So there's five Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. And it's one of those franchises that have been really good from beginning to end consistently. Yep. And the reason why is because they keep the characters in mind. Mm. You, you can... You, after Mission Impossible 3, you're no longer going to see an action movie. You're going to go see Mission Impossible. Yep. And Tom Cruise does a good job at remaining that character. The mm. direction does a good job at keeping those characters alive. Mm. And everything matters between within those characters. It's a more character study now. Yeah. Same with, uh, uh, not the same, but another good movie, Burn Identity and the Burn Supremacy with oh, Matt Damon. That's it's actually Damon. That's, see, I was, I was about to say that... <laughs> <laughs> the shooter, I was like, it's solidified him. And then the uh, the the born identity, uh, supremacy stuff, and uh, 
Is Italian job Matt Damon? I think so. Because I'm, I'm fucked go up now. <laughs> I'm fucked up. <laughs> Matt Damon is one of those, because Matt Damon is one of those actors that can really hide between his characters. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes you don't realize that it's Matt Damon. Because he's, he's doing a lot of, a lot of action. Because of Italian job. Uh, is it the inside job or Italian job? Italian job. Shit. Uh, Italian job. I'm going to Google it. The Italian job. But uh, Matt Damon, he's a great actor in yeah. Defense Diplomacy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, let me see. The, it's Edward Norton. No, get the fuck out of here. I will kill you right now. Ed Norton. No. No. The Italian job doesn't have Matt here, Damon in here, it. Here, it's it's... I'm gonna read the cast to you. It's Donald Sutherland. This, hold on, this is this is uh, the Italian Job, the first one. Uh, Italian Job, 2003. Okay. Action crime thriller. Yeah. All right, this is gonna fuck with you because it's gonna be really fucking funny. Uh, Donald Sutherland, mm. Edward Norton yeah, as Norton. Steve, mm. Mark Wahlberg as Charlie Croker. It was fucking Mark Wahlberg that was in that shit. <laughs> no way, Marky Mark was in the Italian Job too. <laughs> There's no fucking way. Am I secretly on Mark Wahlberg's dick? <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm secretly stalking all of his movies and not giving him credit for it. That was Mark Wahlberg. Whoa. <laughs> Another really good action movie for Mark Wahlberg. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> no, uh, the burn identity and the burn supremacy are Those definitely are Matt Damon. Defi- okay. Those are Matt Damon. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Those are really good movies. Again, the same reason. Yeah. Character is the thing that matters. Yeah. Action enforces the character. Yeah. That's, for me, that's really the key for a good action movie. Yeah. Is make sure your characters enforce the action and your action enforces the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie Chan, that's why he's such a good... He's, he's really good. Uh, his movies are fucking fantastic. Yeah. Because he's action comedy, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But his movies are all about Jackie Chan. Yep. <laughs> They're never about... The action. They're about how Jackie Chan deals with the action. You have a preference over Jackie Chan or Jet Li? I like Jackie much better. Okay. But here's the thing. Yeah. They're different movies. Yeah. Jet Li is definitely the more serious, like, I'm going to kick your ass fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. And Jackie Chan definitely like, ah, shit, I have to kick some ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I prefer Jackie Chan. They're just more fun for me. Okay. But they're they're good. They're both really, really yeah. good. I've seen a couple of Chuck Norris movies. Okay. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I see a couple of uh, Bruce Lee movies. Oh, uh, yeah. Specifically the one with Chuck Norris. Mm. Uh, they're re- they are really good. Yeah. But what do all these movies that we say are really good have in common? I mean, it's, it's, it's the plot development. The, the action is complementing the plot instead of exactly. the other way around. Exactly. You know? That's what makes a good fucking action movie. Yep. So filmmakers out there. And I'm, I'm probably never going to make a pure action movie. Mm. Just because I don't think I have the the sort of the desire to make one you could did you see balls of fury not balls of fury the um shit continue continue your statement because i fucked up like two or three times on the names of something and people that are in it <laughs> yeah so before i tell you the name balls of, of fury is a comedy no i've seen balls of fury yeah it's not, that's yeah. not the name of it yeah uh no but like filmmakers out there because we're filmmakers so if you want to make a pure action movie study this movies that have character development on them and, like, make sure that your characters are as balanced to the plot as you are. Because you don't need a complicated plot to tell an action movie, but you need a complex character to be able to carry that plot with you. Because your character's motivations are going to be the thing that dictate how much we care about why the action is there. Yeah. And that, for me, is, like, the most important thing behind action movies. If you don't have that, your movie's just not going to be as great as it could be. Kung Fury was Kung the name Fury. of the movie I was looking for. That was a... Uh, that was a Netflix thing. It lasted like 30 minutes and it was fucking insane. 
Yeah. It was uh, it was thirty minutes of back to back green screen special effects action, and it was delicious. That that I saw that that made me go to Art Institute. It was um he put it on YouTube, and it was just yeah. on a lot of other stuff before Netflix. It's on Netflix too. Yeah. It's on Netflix now. Yeah, I, I seen that. Then I started looking at his backstory. He said that he was on a green screen team, and he was like just from learning green screen that he was able to do so much. And just looking at that, it's low budget as shit, oh, but yeah. it's amazing. Like I love that movie. But it's also one of those movies that. Even though it doesn't take itself seriously, not at all. You can see the writing has an inkling of what would make that a really good full feature. Yeah, because it's like twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes. Yeah, it's very short. Yeah. yeah, and but like if you took that script, you could make a really good full feature out of that. Yeah, because everything's there. I mean, you got the the I'm Kung Fury, and then he fucking quits. Yeah, and like, oh shit, I gotta kill Hitler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're like, dude, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, but like if you stretch that out over one hour, you have a really good full feature. I'll watch it. Yeah, so. I think that's all we have to say about action. Just a, a confirmation to go see John Wick. John Wick, go see it. Yeah. If you, it's, it was one of those movies that slipped under everyone's radar mm. because no one cared about action at that point. And mm. then John Wick was like, I, 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 I care about action. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it came out really well. Mm. Uh, and now I want to say something about bad action movies. Mm. And I'm talking about movies like The Hunger Games, movies like The Expendables. Hunger Games isn't pure action, but it's yeah. got a lot of action elements to it. Okay. And uh, Hunger Games, The Expendables, mm. uh, sort of the, the bad Rambo movies. Okay. Uh, those kind of movies, the sort of shitty, stereotypical action mm. movies. Here, they don't use the full spectrum of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Their sound is just to complement the visuals. They really don't have any fun with it. Yeah. They don't have any fun with the visual of a movie. Everything's just covered really generically, mm-hmm. which uh, over the shoulder, shoulder, uh, over the shoulder to over the shoulder reaction shots. Yeah. Uh, close ups, medium shots, and then wide shots for action. Very generic. Everything's sort of really generic. Mm-hmm. And then couple of that with the fact that now we're adding er- errors to the camera movement mm-hmm. digitally uh, because we had a steady cam on set, but now we decided, like, ah, oh, fuck, we want shaky cam. So we added, we shake that shit. In post, yeah. Uh, which annoys me, and it's especially awful in the, heart, in the, the Hunger Games. Good book, horrible movies, mm. because they don't take the action as part of the movie. Yeah. They, they treat it as a separate element of the movie mm. instead of complementing it and, and having it infused within the movie. Yeah. And the action sequences are so shaky, you can barely see what's happening. When you do get a chance to see what's happening, it's three frames and cut, because yeah. they can show the actual hit, cause, and they can show blood because it's a PG-13 movie, so they imply the, the action by cutting at really strategic places, and it just simply does not fucking work for mm. that kind of movie. Yeah. And uh, the actions don't mean anything. It's just kind of, like, bland. And then in, the in I think, Mockingjay. Uh, the last one? The, the first part of the last one. Oh, yeah, they did split up yeah. Mockingjay to two parts. Yeah, the first part of the last one, there's a scene where, the like, a squad team is, like, infiltrating into a building to rescue PETA. Mm. And it's a fucking, it could be a really tense scene, right? But the moment they're backing down from the helicopters into the building, mm. there's a fucking orchestra playing uh, the whole time. You're supposed to be sneaking. You can't make noises. Your breathing has to be really, really quiet. Yep. And you're stepping on fucking eggshells so that you don't get noticed. And yet there's still a fucking orchestra playing in the background. Why? Didn't see it, won't see Why? it. No, don't see it. It's Mm-mm. shit. It's a shit movie. Didn't and won't. And it's awful because I love Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. and I love Liam Hemsworth as much as I can love another Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're fucking great yeah. actors. Yeah. 
but they they don't shine in this movie because the direction doesn't let them because they're going for that generic sort of look. And yeah. that in, in that scene when they were sneaking in, if you had taken out the orchestra and you would have just left the footsteps, the guns clicking, the gear buckling, mm-hmm. it would have been so much more tense. Because when a movie forgets how to be quiet, your the loudness is your new quiet. Yeah. And when everything's loud, nothing is loud. Preach. God damn, that's real. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. So, action movies, learn how to be fucking quiet, pick your battles, mm-hmm. make sure your sound effects are good, and have fun with how you shoot your goddamn movie. Yeah. Action movies are meant to be fun. Have fun with your stunts. Mm-hmm. Have fun with how your camera movement works. And if you can, sneak in a couple of little edits. Yes. Crank does an amazing job at doing that. Yes. They have little visual effects, mm. and they're fun. Preach. And light-handing. Oh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about action movies. I, I take them seriously because I, I grew up with action movies because yeah. my dad loves them. Yeah. Uh, but he always has the same complaint. Oh, that movie was a bit shit. Mm. And the only movies that he likes do the things that, I, that I've that i just said for the last 40 yep. minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. That's it. That's my take on action movies. Um, I'm, I'm good. I mean, just <laughs> the, the realization that Mark Wahlberg has been haunting every movie that I've seen over the past 10 years. You know, we were just giving him shit about the Funky Bunch last week. We were just giving this guy shit. And he's secretly in like every good action movie that I've seen. He's a really good action star. The problem is that those movies tend to be kind of forgettable mm. because you, Mark Warburg's not a big star. Yeah. Uh, so like you put Mark Warburg in an action movie and it's going to be a good movie, but you're going to forget about it a year from now. Mm-hmm. So you got to look back to his filmography to like find the good ones. Yeah. And also because he's done a lot of shitty movies. He's done shit. He did yeah. that movie with uh, M. Night Shyamalan. The Happening. The Happening. We gotta save the bees. You gotta learn about the bees. The fuck out of here, Mark. <laughs> he talks to the plant. It's okay. We're just gonna get food, and then we're gonna get out of here. Oh no. Science. We gotta learn about science. Uh, he was really angry at that movie. Yeah. He he he's been on a couple of interviews and saying like, "Fuck that movie." Yeah, he should be. Yeah, I don't blame him. Anyways, that's my take on action. All you right, good? I'm good. All right, perfect. Then we're gonna take a little break, cause I am sweating really bad right now. I gotta go take care of that shit. Mm. And uh, we'll be back with the closing segments and what's coming out next week. And you know the fucking crew. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. We'll be right back. Oh, shit. Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Just had to start this segment off with it. All right. Apologies to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> oh, we love you, Mark. Yes. Honestly, he's one of my favorite actors that I never like. I never get the chance to enjoy as well as I can. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna reevaluate his entire career. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that every Matt Damon movie is actually Mark Wahlberg. It's just Mark Wahlberg. Matt Damon's actually the shitty one. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're back with the closing bit. What is what? What do we have to worry about uh, this, this, next week? This week in premieres, uh, starting Thursday, March the tenth, uh, on the television channel Reels at nine p.m. is going to be El Chapo and Sean Penn Bungle in the Jungle. That's the interview that El, that Sean Penn did with El Chapo. Yep. Yeah. That should be interesting. Interesting enough, but the thing is, only reason I'm interested in it is El Chapo's fashion, bruh, is top notch i've never seen him he's he wears like this very flamboyant silk bright colored shirts you know it's very boss <laughs> you know and i seen it and i was like i want that shirt and they <laughs> sell the el chapo now 
They sell El Chapo shirts now, and I want one. It's so over the top and flamboyant. Anyway, that that's can- a that's a pattern with like Hispanic drug lords. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing that they do. I dig it though. <laughs> I dig it. If I ever become a drug lord, I'm bringing the fucking silk shirts back. Man, hell, do do that shit now. <laughs> do it now. <laughs> uh, next on Saturday, March the twelfth, a show called Party Over Here uh, is the debut on Fox at eleven p.m. The reason why you should watch this is that's uh, Adam Devine, right? Uh, that's um. Adam De- Adam Devine does uh, shit House Party. Okay, it's actual House right. Party on. What's uh, this one then? This one's called Party Over Here on Fox. It's the first late night sketch show since Mad TV. Oh shit! Yeah, like they got rid of Mad TV a while back, and this is the first one they bring it back. And the reason I'm going to watch it, you know, you've heard of uh, Lonely Island? Yeah, love them. That that's this is their show. <laughs> their show really? This All is their show. Yes. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Yes. <laughs> I love, Andy Samberg's funny as shit. Yep. He has a show called Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I I watched a couple episodes the other day mm-hmm. with Lauren and Daniel. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking good comedy. Yeah, it is. It's good. Also, shout out to Lauren and Daniel. We we should have them on the podcast eventually. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, we should do that. So we on uh, Sunday, March the thirteenth, uh, Robot Chicken. Love is Robot Chicken. Still in? Yeah. How new many season. years has that shit been? It, it's got to be like fifty years yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking insane. Yeah, Robot Chicken, Adult Swim at eleven thirty p.m. Coming nice. back for another season. That's ins- I love that show. Yeah, my favorite sketch from Robot Chicken is mm-hmm. like five seconds. What is it's it? It's like Gohan charging up. Ah, and then someone kicks him, and then I was like, "Oh my Dragon Balls!" <laughs> and then <laughs> fucking cut. <laughs> that is silly. That is- <laughs> Five seconds, the hardest I've laughed at anything in my life. Yeah. I mean, because the laugh continues even after it goes away. I mean. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> so that's coming back for another season. Yep. <laughs> then on uh, on Wednesday, March the 16th, The Americans on FX comes back at uh, 10 p.m. I don't I, know about that one. I haven't seen that either, you know, but the reviews for it are really, really good. And people say it's good. The people that I've hung around with say The Americans is good, but just haven't seen it. Sweet. Uh, that's it for television, for movies. Uh, this weekend coming up, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I was just going to talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane because mm-hmm. I'm probably going to watch it. I'm going to have to yeah, see that. Because it's, it, it's not related to anything from the past Cloverfield. It's nope. pretty standalone. Mm-hmm. But John Goodman. Yes. Oh, my God, that man. Mm-hmm. I want to have pancakes with him. I would, too. And mm-hmm. I, I want to wear, like, um, what's the the flannel? Wear flannel. And <laughs> with Walter. Like, yeah. like <laughs> I, I mean, every time I see John Goodman, I just see um, the guy from uh, from Roseanne. Like yeah, that's, that's right. That's all I see. Every time I see him, I see the Roseanne tel- television show. But it's insane how much range fucking John Goodman has. Because oh, he's yeah. that guy from Roseanne. Mm-hmm. But then he's like Walter in The Big Lebowski. He's so much. He, he is, is so, so much. great. Like, I, I see Walter from The Big Lebowski because mm-hmm. it's such a more like strong character. Oh, every oh, time yeah, I see yeah. him. Oh, but yeah, Roseanne, yeah. I mean, I didn't know that was John Goodman until like five years ago oh yeah i mean i, I grew up unfortunately watching well I mean, roseanne wasn't a bad show i no, mean i just good. yeah i just had to watch because my mom loved it yeah. you know so i mean <laughs> that's just how i knew him you know growing up fun fact before we move back in puerto rico mm-hmm. um, puerto rico uh, <laughs> do y'all have that song did they play that in puerto rico or is that just know. an american thing never fucking heard no but never puerto rico puerto rico no all right it has to be an american thing <laughs> That they did to, like, be friendly to us when we got here. Because they don't do that in Puerto Rico <laughs> <No>. at all. <laughs> no. That's probably someone in Florida that wrote it. Just to, like, hey, hey, let's make sure the Puerto Ricans because are cool. They, they, <laughs> they got knives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, back in Puerto Rico, uh, Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. after 9 p.m., they would just run sitcoms. Oh, nice. Uh, 
And daytime television in Puerto Rico sucked dick. Oh, you're talking about Nick at Night? Yeah, Nick at Night. Yeah. The daytime, daytime television sucked dick back yeah. home. Yeah. Because there was just nothing on it. Mm-hmm. And then at Nick at Night, I watched fucking Full House. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd watch uh, Roseanne. Mm-hmm. And I watched uh, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. No, not Two and a Half Whatever Men. Whatever it was. Uh, not the fucking... How I Met Your Mother? Jack Foxworthy. That's what I'm talking about. Jack Foxworthy. The Jack Foxworthy show. I didn't see that one. That's a weird fucking avant-garde redneck comedy. Okay. But I used to watch all of that shit. Yeah. After 9 p.m. at Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. And Roseanne was one of them. Yep. And Roseanne kept me sane for like five years. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> there you go. So John Goodman. I, I mean, I saw him before I even knew he was a movie actor. That's odd now. Because like thinking of that experience of like watching. Because I did the same thing. I was watching Nickelodeon. And then after that, Nick at Night came on. Yeah. But I'm 10 years older. So like I was watching Roseanne when it came on at the time. I was so, watching reruns of Roseanne. Yeah. Like I was watching the real Roseanne. So the shows that were coming on for reruns for me was I Love Lucy uh, Golden Girls type stuff, Mary Tyler Moore, Mr. Red, Green Acres, um, <laughs> you know, like the stuff that I have on my television theme song. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. Fucking MASH. Yeah, yeah, like really. That kind of shit. Yeah, so I mean, it's like black and white television shows, and it's yeah. just weird to see like new I really want to watch I Love Lucy. Like, as a, like, mm-hmm. I just want to watch it. Yeah. Because I've heard so much about it. And it's, it's a staple of comedy. It's funny. So I, I really want to watch it. It's really, really funny. Anyways. Uh, to mo- on. Moving on this weekend, uh, The Brothers Grimsey. Brothers Sasha Grimsey. Baron Cohen. That's, I think this is one of his movies when he doesn't play a weird character in the real world. Like, it's actually a movie. It's not a joke movie. Have you seen the cover of the movie? Uh, no. I would... <laughs> no, he looks weird, but I'm saying like it's not like a Borat or a Dictator movie or like Bruno movie. It's like I, it's like an actual film instead of like let's fuck with people. I don't, I still don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, he has a track record. The like the cover of it. Th- these are the things, the three things that I'm going off of. Yeah. His track record for making those types of movies. The reaction he showed. Um, they were on set for what's the the new movie the, that's coming out that uh, with uh, Zach Zach Efron, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Baywatch. Baywatch. Okay. They were they were they were on set for Baywatch, and Sasha Baron Cohen was showing uh, Zac Efron and, and 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 The Rock the movie, and the reactions were like the reactions that you would be from watching Borat or something yeah. like that. It was just like, what the fuck is this? And then the the cover of it has him in like a banana hammock, the um <laughs> like thong speedo banana hammock type thing, and I'm like, this is gonna be ridiculous all over again. <laughs> Yeah, that movie might be it, but The Brothers Grimsley. Have you seen the trailer for The Grimsley? Not the trailer, just the, the front picture. Yeah, this is yeah. the front picture. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another one of like ridiculous comedy, but yeah. it's not going to be in the same vein as uh, okay. Borat, which I'm excited for. I'm going to see it, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably going to see it. Because yeah. the last thing I saw him in that wasn't in those veins of Ali G and Borat mm-hmm. was uh, in Sweeney Todd, the musical. I didn't know he was in Sweeney he Todd. He played the fucking rich-ass prick selling piss that... Uh, uh, kills. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. he's, uh, he he sings in the falsetto. Yeah, that's him. That's Sasha Baron Cohen. Wow, I didn't know that either until like three years after I watched a movie, and yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, that was Sasha!" Well, damn. Uh, so he's another dude with really good range. I love Sasha. Apparently he's so. Funny. Yeah, he's funny as shit. Wow. So I'm excited for I'm excited for Grinsby, and I'm excited for the Zac Efron movie as well. Uh, the uh, oh the Zac yeah that's that's gonna be later on down the road um yeah. the Baywatch movie. Zac Efron I, I don't know if he can act or not. Mm. 
Not sure. I mean, until he puts his shirt on, I'm not going to be able to tell <laughs> whether or not he's a good actor or not. I was <laughs> just going to say that. <laughs> Every movie that I see him in, he has to take his fucking shirt off. Yeah. That's like it's in his contract. Everyone that hires him has to write a scene where he takes his shirt off. So now he's doing a movie specifically where there's no shirts because he's working on the beach in Baywatch. You know, so. Um, eh. Good looking yeah. guy. Yeah. And he's funny as shit. Neighbors was a really good movie. I like Neighbors him. a lot. Yeah. I like Neighbors. He's, uh, he's, he's like Shannon Tatum for me. I didn't like him because mm-hmm. he was like a teen idol. Yeah. And then he made funny movies. And I was like, oh, maybe this guy's not too Did bad. you see Magic Mike? No, I have I have to. I like Magic Mike a lot. Really? I like Magic Mike a lot. My favorite thing about <laughs> Magic Mike is the name for the sequel. Magic or Mike? <laughs> <laughs> was that the name of the sequel? No, but I wish it was. <laughs> yes. That's fucking Magic Mike double XL. XL yeah. And I was like, oh, you guys made a dick joke in your title. I can't yeah. have to watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> Magic or Mike. Magic or Mike. I want to make that poster now. <laughs> Even more magic. <laughs> and the the Harry last Potter thing. shows up in the in the middle of the movie. Oh man! Starts playing with his wand. That'd anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna leave the wand. I'm just gonna leave the wand joke in the air. Harry Potter playing with his <laughs> wand. The last movie that's coming out this weekend is um, a movie called Certain Women. Uh, it's a drama written and directed by uh, Kelly Reichert. Starring Laura Dern and Michelle Williams. Why does Kelly Riker sound familiar? I don't know. I went to her, the movies that she's directed, written before, and I didn't recognize any of them. That's weird. Yeah. I'll have to Google her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Lauren, Laura Dern and Michelle Williams. The reason I put it on there, um, Michelle Williams. I uh, don't know who she is. She was in um, Dawson's Creek. I don't want to wait. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was in Dawson's Creek as, um, I can't remember her name on there now. But she, she was in Dawson's Creek. She was in... Uh, Take This Waltz. Uh, I can't think of many other movies. Everything I've ever seen her in, she does so... Oh, was... Uh, shit. You know what? I'm not going to take the risk of fucking up another movie with oh, a person really? being in it. But yeah, she's been in a lot of movies. And everything that she's ever been in, I've really, really liked from Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Let me go up. For a second, I said Michelle and I have expected you to say Obama. Michelle Obama, yeah. <laughs> she's making Michelle her... Michelle Ingrid Williams. She was with Heath Ledger. Yeah, that was her. Married to Ledger. Yeah, that's a fuck. She, oh, she's she's beautiful. I've seen mm-hmm. her. Uh, shit. Let me. My work with Marilyn Blue Valentine. Blue Valentine. That was with uh with uh your boy, uh Ryan Gosling. Oh Ryan. Mm-hmm. Fucking love Ryan. I have like a huge man crush on Ryan Gosling. You got to see Blue Valentine. Uh, take this wall. Shutter Island. That was another. Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Leo, not Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was in Brokeback Mountain as well. Yep. She's got a good filmography. Mm-hmm. She's in a movie called Dick, 1999. Wow. Uh, she seems very young and very skimpily clothed in that movie. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, Mich- Michelle Williams. Like I've never seen her do a bad job. I'm all about some Michelle Williams. So, uh, The movie is called Certain Women. Uh, comes out this weekend. Go check it out. Go check it out. I mean, it's written and directed by a woman as well. And I'm, I like this, the women movement, the women's movement that's, that's happening right in now. In film, there's a lot. There's in, a lot of women. In film, television. I mean, women have been able to do their thing in music for a while, but just through film and television now, I'm digging it. Yeah, and also it's interesting because they've always been in film and television. Mm-hmm. It's always been sort of the sex object of the, the show, yes. or the movie. Yeah. But now they're becoming, they're the new dude bro movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Jessica Jones, for example, her relationship with the best friend and mm. the show was fucking like our relationship as buddies. Yeah. Just, we're just bros hanging out. Yep. They're just sisters hanging out. And yeah. It's fucking good. And I'm digging it. I'm super digging it. Yeah. 
And I'm glad that it's happening because I think it's about fucking time. I mean, they need depth. They're yeah. not, like I said, we we hash over this so much, but I mean, it's like they need depth. They have depth in their characters in real life that needs to be shown on camera. Yeah. You know? and But here's a reason why I think most male filmmakers don't can give that depth. Mm. Because when you're a male f- uh, screenwriter mm. and then you've got a script, you can write your script about a man that has PTSD in the war and he's a broken hero. Mm. But you write the same script and you replace it with a woman, suddenly you're weakening the female image mm. and you're a sexist dick for doing it. So men, well, that's the general perception. Perception, it's, okay, yeah. yeah. So like, from like the female radicals, the bullshit fucking movement, they mm. don't realize that we're just trying to make women as equal as men, mm. but they think that it's sexist because we're showing them vulnerable in the same way that men are vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. So that's one of the most annoying things of being a male screenwriter is that you can't do that as easily because people are going to give you criticism for it. Fuck them. But unnecessarily. Yeah. But if a female writer does it, then it's okay. Then it's fine. Yeah. Because it's a female writing writer writing a female character. Mm-hmm. And that's great and all. I'm down for that. Yeah. But it annoys the shit out of me that I can't be the one that writes a really good female character mm-hmm. uh, with really real flaws. Yeah. Because then I'm demeaning the female image. But a female writer can do the same thing, and she gets praised for it. Yeah. Uh, it's an annoying thing that's happening, but I think it's going to die off in the next couple of five, maybe six years, mm. when it becomes much more of the norm. I hope so. Yeah. So whatever's happening right now, lady writers, lady filmmakers, actresses, mm. female comedians have been yes. coming out a lot recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, keep doing your thing, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking, I applaud you for it. Yeah. Because it's about time that you guys got some real recognition in the medium. And if you're in the North Carolina area and want a platform, come on the podcast. Absolutely. We're welcome you. Even if you're kind of like a novice comedian mm-hmm. or like a novice filmmaker and you're doing this thing, you're independent. Yeah. If you want to you wanna come and talk to us about what it's like to be a female in the industry. We love it. Feel free. We would love it. Uh, is that it? That's it for me. Sweet. Thank you guys for watching. There's another episode of the For Film's Sake podcast. And we will be back next week. Uh, remember, the episode six will be re-uploaded the same time as this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so episode six and seven will be on the same day. Uh, give a listen to each of them. Yes. And have a nice day. Yes, yes. Sweet. Cheers. Sweet.